So the sponsor of this podcast and the people that are making it possible for Lindsay to come here and be in the studio with me and produce this podcast is audible.com, the source of so many great books. These are books that are narrated by authors and performers that you can listen to all summer long. You can discover a whole new world by the books that are available to you. Take a book along or many of them with audible.com. And if you start a 30-day trial, your first Audible book is free. Visit audible.com slash Delilah. So, Lindsay Sterling, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for spending time with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So, many, many, many things I want to ask you uh, because I have been a fan for so long. My godson, Ryan, who, by the way, when he first saw you, came to me and said, I, I saw the woman I'm going to marry. No way. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And so he turned us on to you, and he's played so many of your videos for us, uh, for me and the kids over the years. And when I first saw you, the thing that I was drawn to is how authentic you seem. And then I got to meet you and hang out with you, and you are who you are, and I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, I mean, I think that when you're true to what you love, I, you can't fake authenticity. And no, you so, can't. Although yeah. some people try. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you would be amazed. Uh, but uh, you are authentically down to earth and adorable. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Absolutely adorable. Um, I, I don't play video games, but I have seen you as the little elf in Zelda. Well, you know, I got into that because, well, I played a little bit of some video games as a kid, but I love the music in them. I love that they tell stories through the music in video games, and I love dress up. And so making and getting to play these characters is is really, you know, get to wear the elf ears and everything. Cosplay is fun. It is, and you're you do it well. You're adorable. You're just like a natural little adorable elf hopping around and and playing and having a blast. So, well, thank you. That's that's my one of my goals in life: is to <laughs> bounce around as an elf. And I'm succeeding, I guess. Uh, uh, and so, I got to ask you: Are you like? Are you in a serious relationship, Lindsay Sterling? Ooh, one will never tell. Ah. I, I I am I'm dating a gentleman. So at the moment, but you know, I've I've had many years you're single you know being a, a working woman it's hard to balance that love life and because my son life. my godson ryan is willing to help you with oh, that oh okay so. oh yeah he's so willing to help you with that. i'm just saying just putting it out there well yeah you know if you put something out into the universe it, that's the best way that it could possibly come to fruition that I'm is true strong believer in that that is true so you play violin and you've been playing for how long oh gosh well uh, do I reveal my age? No, just uh, I mean, you were a child, right? I was, when you started. yeah, I was six years old when I started. So I've been playing upwards of you know twenty years, wait, far over twenty years. And when did you know that you had a gift? Well, you know, to be honest, I wasn't an incredibly gifted child in any way. Like, you know, it came slowly to me. You know, my parents encouraged wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me you had to practice? <laughs> Kids, you got to practice to be good. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me you had to have discipline and practice something to be good? Oh, my goodness. Boy, I had actually terrible pitch as a child. And as a violinist, you have to have impeccable pitch. And so that was something I had to work on a lot. Whoa, whoa, mind blown. Ladies and gentlemen, young people, listen to this. Lindsay Sterling, who was recognized as the premier, the top female violinist in the world right now, is saying you have to work on it. Oh, 
Very much so. You know, if there's one thing I've learned and how to do, it's it's even more so than play the violin or dance. It's I think I've learned to work really hard, and that's where I'm at. Why I'm where I'm at today. Wow. <laughs> I'm better at working I'm, than playing I'm the violin. I'm making fun because I have you know a lot of kids, and oh, a right. lot of people think that you just like snap your fingers and you're a protege or you're famous or you're, right. and you have had to work incredibly hard. Oh, incredibly hard. Well, and I think it's you know it's ironic when people say to me, oh, I. I took violin lessons for a little bit, but I was terrible. And I'm like, I don't know anyone that started the violin and that was good at it. Like, it's, you know, I think it's not a very things, forgiving yes. um, instrument. It's very, you it's know, it's like you a trombone. To- <laughs> a trombone is not a forgiving instrument. No, you're exactly right. And you have to play for a while before you can even make a good sound, let alone play it. But just making a nice sound is, is you know, takes a while. So so who was it harder on? You having to have discipline and practice or your folks oh, having to listen to that? I'm going to probably say my sisters, actually. My parents knew they were in for this, you know, when they signed me up for the violin lessons. But I remember my sisters used to cover their ears and be like, Mom, make her stop. But, <laughs> you know, I think that's why I practiced so hard because it was, wow, I found something that will drive my sisters insane. You know how kids are. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And I was the sister that drove my sister insane. Lindsay Sterling, hold that thought and we'll be right back. The sponsor of this podcast is audible.com, the source of so many great books narrated brilliantly by authors and performers alike. Discover a whole world by the books read to you wherever life takes you this summer. Take a book along or many of them with audible.com. Start a 30-day trial and your first Audible book is free. Visit audible.com slash Delilah. So with me in the studio is Lindsay Sterling. And um, you you said something upstairs when we were talking beforehand. Uh, my, my youngest daughter, little Delilah, was... Um, you know, getting your attention and, and performing for you. And I told you that she's allowed one activity, either, mm-hmm. you know, one activity a season. I'm not going to be doing two or three sports or two or three activities. And your face lit up and you said, that's why I played the violin. Because mm-hmm. you told your folks, what was your choice? What did you want to do? Well, as a kid, I, you know, five, six years old, I begged for dance lessons and violin lessons. And so my mom took me to one of each and then it was kind of, you have to choose, you know, they just could not afford one, let alone both. And so they, I chose the violin and played my entire life. And it wasn't until my, you know, like after, I think I was 23 when I was like, I'm going to dance. I'm going to teach myself to dance. And so it wasn't till way later in life. And again, I had to work incredibly hard as to train my body in my 20s to do what a dancer does. Yeah, because most dancers starts six, seven, eight, ten. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you had ketchup. So how many hours a day did you practice when you decided to learn how to dance? Ooh. How many hours a day did you train? You know, I can't even I can't even tell you half an hour, an hour, two, three. I mean, two, two hours, probably because not only was I trying to dance, but I actually would try to dance while playing. And so to kind of master that. So that's how I dance the best, actually, is when I have a violin in my hand, because that's how I taught myself to dance. And yeah, hours, hours of meticulously practicing the most simple movements. Um, you know, and at first I, I called it dancing, but it was more like just kind of wiggling my body or it looked like I was playing hopscotch with a violin. But, you know, because it was so unnatural and slowly over the years, it's turned into dancing and twirling and jumping. And So when you play the violin, do you see the music? 
some people, I mean, I can tell you feel it in mm-hmm. your dance. You yeah. interpret it in, intuitively in your dance. Do you do you see it? Are there colors associated with it? Do you yeah, do you experience I've, it on, in your other senses? You know, I've heard that some people, I wish I saw music in colors. I think that's such an incredible gift. But I see it in a different way. And oftentimes when I'm writing a song, I'm in the studio with a producer and we're writing a song and I'll get an idea just by the sounds. All of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, this song is a pirate song. This song is meant for dancing pirates. And so all of a sudden, you know, the producers actually think it's quite funny. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, it's pirates. And so we'll con- we'll finish out the song for a pirate that's dancing and you know and that's just one example but i've written so many songs that either before or while i'm in the studio i may not see colors but i see stories you see stories yeah and you've been able to produce those in some incredible videos oh that's you know i went to film school actually i didn't study music in college i ended up going i wanted to be a director and so one of my loves one of my huge passions is directing and creating videos and i love that i have combined two of my passions into one thing I, I loved, you know, telling story through music, and I loved doing it visually, and now I get to do both. And you get to dance, and you get to, <laughs> you get to wear the most incredible costumes. Oh, my favorite. I love designing costumes. So who, who sews your costumes for you? Well, I work with some incredible stylists, and we bring on, you know, um, we bring on different seamstress to, to kind of bring our visions to life. But everything from, you know, I can go to her and say, I want to be like a, you know, a ringmaster of a circus. And that was in my last tour of one of my costumes. I had this awesome red coat, and we made one um, for my dog as well so she could come on stage and do a trick mid-show like we I just love to create you know an evening for if someone's going to come to a show I want them to be thoroughly entertained I don't want to just play music or just I, I want them to learn something I want them to leave having felt something I think anybody who watches your videos or goes to your show or even encounters you has to feel a lot. Oh, you br- you bring you. out the feels. Oh, thank you so much. That's I think that's what every artist hopes to do. You know, is to make some everyone feel something. Well, you do a fabulous job. So tell me about the new song that we've been playing, um, and that that love is such an amazing feeling. Tell me how that came to be. Well, you know that song kind of encompassed what I wanted the album to like kind of be the pinnacle of the album story because my album's called Brave Enough. And when I was writing this album, I was experiencing a lot of loss. You know, my, my best friend had just passed away when I started writing and my dad was going through cancer treatment and, you know, pretty much I was preparing myself that he was most likely going to pass away. And so I was just experiencing all this grief, all these emotions, and trying so hard not to emotionally close off. And, you know, and it's my nature to kind of recoil and become a workaholic and, you know, work my way through problems and fight. Hold on, hold on. I need to just look at producer Janie as you say that, (laughs) because I don't know anybody else in this room like that. No. You know, I think it's one of the bigger things that our society struggles with is using, there's so many different ways to numb, whether it's turning to our phones or our devices or, you know, I mean, there's really unhealthy ways of numbing that we can all think of. But also, I think workaholism is something that I have struggled with so much, you know, and being so busy that I didn't have time to even feel, Um, you know, and here I am trying to write an album and you cannot write music if you refuse to let yourself feel. And so Love's Just a Feeling is about opening, you know, it's about me opening my heart, being willing to accept the storms of life along with the sun because you cannot see the sun unless you look up and, you know, with the chance of seeing clouds. 
Um, you can't, you cannot selectively numb emotions. You can't numb the, you know, the bad without numbing the good. And no one wants to live a gray life. You want to live a life that experiences the full spectrum of colors. And so that's, in a very long-winded version, that's what the song is about. But we do, so many people do. We were talking about this outside. Our society numbs us down and dumbs us down. And so many people do live in a world of gray where mm-hmm. because we're distracted, constantly distracted or sitting in traffic or, you know, addicted to alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, mm-hmm. we are numb. Right. Well, and, you know, I there there's just so many ways I have found myself numbing. I keep finding it in different ways, trying to sneak into my life. For a while, I, I suffered from anorexia, and that is an extreme way to numb yourself. If you want to have, live a gray, feelingless life, you know, there's a key. But Take it, nutrients out of your system. <laughs> exactly, like starve yourself. And I was miserable, and yeah, I wasn't feeling the, you know, I wasn't feeling anything, and it left me so empty. And, you know, so... So, I, wait, wait, so for all the young women listening, and men, because a lot of young men are dealing with body image now, Yeah. what was the breakthrough that you said, I, I can't do this. I need to take care of me. I need to nurture my body. Well, you know, it was, first of all, an extreme realization when I finally realized, I woke up and realized, oh my gosh, I'm anorexic. And I had kind of been in denial for so long and finally it became apparent. And what really clicked it for me was, wait a second, I used to be really happy. And I, I remembered this all of a sudden when I was with my sister and we were roommates in college. She was my best friend growing up. And I looked across at her. She was, we were both in our room and she, she was doing her homework. And I thought, I don't remember the last time I laughed with my sister. I don't remember the last time we shared a funny conversation or I don't actually know anything about what she's going through. And I realized, when did I become this shell of a human that only thinks about, wait, what? Wow, I only think about food and weight and scale numbers. And and I, re, you know, and this woke me up to this, this string of events caused me to realize I was anorexic. And I was so unhappy and had no motivation in my life was I was miserable and I hated myself. And this realization made me realize I didn't used to be this way. And I I knew how to work hard. I learned to play the violin. I had taught myself to dance. I had overcome many things in my life and I thought, I know how to work through problems. And I did everything I could in that moment. I, I switched, I, I switch, flipped in my head and I I started researching. I started going to counseling. I started going to group therapies. And I mean, it, it took a lot of work and it's made me realize that sometimes happiness is something you have to fight for the same way we work on our you know our appearance and our bodies and go to the gym or the same way you work on a talent or ballerinas learn to have perfect you know poise as they spin on their toe happiness sometimes takes work sometimes it takes more work for others than it might be for someone else but it's something i think we all have to work for and we can fight for and i truly believe that if you put in the time anyone can get over their their obstacles and that we can all be happy so when you when you had that aha moment i'm sure the your sister you said was there Mm -hmm. i'm guessing she was the first person you shared this with did they go no or was it like (laughs) we've been watching you slowly kill yourself it was a little bit of a duh moment you know like yes we know you know mom knows everybody knows and and it created this, you know, I didn't tell, even though a lot of people probably knew, I'm sure my roommates knew, but, um, you know, my my family was my my core. And, you know, it's something that takes time. I didn't just jump into, you know, full gear right away. It, it, first, my family was my, my, my support system, just my mom and my sister. 
And then I started with positive self-talk. Okay, I'm going to work on the thoughts in my head. They're terrible. I'm so mean to myself. I say horrible things every day. So I'm going to turn those around slowly. I'm going to say what I should be saying. And then it turned into, I'm going to go to therapy. And, you know, because it's really hard to go from zero to 100, and it takes time. It does. So it was it's a process. One, that's why it's called one step at a time, you know, yes. one day at a time, one step at a time. And uh, today you look very healthy. I am. I'm a healthy girl. <laughs> and I saw you eating the quiche. So oh. I know you're not. And the pie. <laughs> and and uh, a healthy little slice. It was it was organic, though. Oh, it All was. those berries came from the farm. Which, if it's organic, oh, it was amazing. And whole sugar. You know, mm -hmm. it's raw cane sugar. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I can justify a cheese pie anyway. Well, I I'm like glad. your style. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So you have not only had those kind of obstacles, but you um, also have sang about or performed about and talked about in some of your videos that I've watched uh, the struggle of having other people not believe in you mm -hmm. or not see the gift in you. And I'm going to get emotional while I talk about this, but you did a, a video or you played in the uh, New York subway system. And you were in costume. You had a wig on. Mm -hmm. and But it was clear it was you. Right? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like you had makeup on to hide that. Mm -hmm. And you were performing in the subway system. And as I'm watching the video, because you, the way you, the video was produced, it, when was this your idea to intersperse it with you on stage? Yeah, it was. So there was a clip of you in the subway with people, you know, on their cell phones and walking by and bumping into you and being rude. Then there would be a clip of the adoring fans on stage. Mm -hmm. And then a clip back in the subway of people, you know, kicking the little nativity scene over or just being so caustic, almost mm -hmm. aggressive towards you while you were performing. And then a clip of people, you know, weeping when they got to meet you and get your autograph. And that was such a good juxtaposition. But as I was watching that video, I kept thinking you had you had to have edited this. Surely there were people like myself in that subway who would have recognized you and thrown their arms around you and taken selfies with you. Well, you know, to be honest, I remember being quite humbled that that was not the case. You know, I, I thought, okay, I'm probably going to have to edit this video, edit out the people that, you know, maybe stop and listen. But really, I, you know, I was there for about two hours to catch all these shots and the cameras were hidden. Um, and I can only remember, you know, there was one young man that stopped and listened and his eyes filled with tears and, you know, until his subway came and then he he got on. But um, other than that, you know, people wouldn't look me in the eye. And it really made me think, wow, how often do I go through my day and I go through the cash register, you know, and I don't even look at the cashier's face as I do my transaction and just I'm so, you know, I'm on my phone. And like, how often do we just not see like the beautiful people that are around us every day. And it, it really did remind me of a time when, you know, I that was all I'd had to do was perform, you know, on the street corner sometimes or performing at open mic night or for people that wouldn't even look me in the eye. And it's not that my playing has changed. It's just that, you know, I'm a different person now due to, you know, for some people, 
because of social media has made me, quote, famous. And so in that scenario, I'm worth looking at. But when I'm in a subway playing and no one knows who I am, does that make me any less of a person? No. You know, but there's beautiful people around us every day. Well, at the end of the video, you shared those thoughts. And you also shared your faith, which just blew me away because a lot of artists that I interview won't even, you know, touch on the subject of faith Mm -hmm. or God or spirituality or anything like that. But um, there were so many great scenes in that one song uh, shot in the subway where you had the camera on the little nativity scene. Yeah. And then at the end, when you talked about the gift that we're all given, you know, the gift of love that God gives us, how He sees all of us. I love that. Oh, thank. Well, my faith has been just a huge part of my life. Not only is it the way I was raised, you know, but it, I feel like in this, this world and this industry, you know, wherever you find yourself there, it's hard to find a foundation that's solid in this world. And I've kind of planted my feet. I've chosen my faith and my family as my foundation. And so as my life has literally flipped upside down in so many ways through the last couple of years, I'm the same person, you know, and I always hope to stay that same person because my I, I believe that God gives us all love. I believe that every person is full of that love. And, you know, and that's that's what helps you see people in the right way. It's what helps you realize what's actually important. And yes, sometimes I forget you know, day by day, but it's good to have that foundation to bring me back to that. So um, family, faith, people that surround you, that you love, you were talking about taking your mom to an awards ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was my date to the Billboard Awards, which was so much fun. You know, I've never gotten to, I've taken sisters before, you know, I always like to take my family members on these adventures with me and my mom's come on tour a couple times, but I realized she hasn't been to the award show yet. Like, Come on. So mom was my date. And it's funny. She didn't really know who any of the celebrities were. People are freaking out over so-and-so. And and she'd be like, who's that? And I'd whisper in her ear, that's so-and-so. She's a singer. That's an actor. And and then Cher came on stage at the end of the night. And oh, my mom stood up so fast. (laughs) So she she knew the diva. She knew the queen. She got so, she's like, oh my goodness. I used to listen to Sonny and Cher. And just, she went off, you know, talking about that the whole rest of the night, how great it was to see Cher. So the night was a success. (laughs) Because mom got to see Cher. Well, I have, I've got to meet Cher before. And you can tell your mom this for me. She is as awesome and beautiful in person. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I love hearing that. That's awesome. I'll pass it along to she mom was as well. Very, very kind really? and That's so just cool. very. Um, you know, she had this huge headdress on yes. and all these jewels on because she's getting ready to go on stage. Oh, I was going to say, did you meet her at a restaurant? Did I she met her right, dressed like that. Yeah, no, right, no, <laughs> right before she goes bathroom. on stage, and yet she was like, "Oh, girlfriend, come over here and let me give you a hug." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, was it a little bit of a like starstruck moment? Oh yeah, because oh, I know yeah. you meet everybody, so. Yeah, it was it was definitely a big starstruck moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So of all the people you've got to meet since you've become, you know, Lindsay Sterling, the famous dancer, violinist, elf, uh, who has been your starstruck moment or your most fun? Well, I, I have just a brief story on that. Um, it was after the Billboards Award, Billboard Awards, like two, three years ago, and I got invited, you know, to Taylor Swift's after party. And I thought, oh, it's probably one of those huge after parties where, you know, just everybody was invited. Anyways, we go up the, you know, we go up there and 
there's like 15, 20 people on this rooftop. And I just think we must be in the wrong place. But then there's, you know, Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift. And my sister grabs my hand and she's like, oh, my gosh, who are we supposed to talk to at this party? And we're like, oh, no. But then Taylor Swift calls my name and is like, get over here, girl. And we literally turned around thinking, oh, Lindsay Lohan must be here. Somebody, like, another Lindsay. Another Lindsay. Can't be me. She looked right at me and said, Lindsay, get over here. And we were so stupid looking. We turned around and then looked right back at her. And I even kind of, like, motioned to myself, like, me? And she's like, yes. Anyways, and Taylor Swift was the kindest, nicest, you know, most gracious host. And, you know, talked to me and took me over, you know, showed me where the dessert table was. Taylor Swift. Who knew? But I don't know. I don't remember anything we talked about because I was I was trying so hard to not stutter and I was trying so hard to just be like, quote, normal. But wow, what a surreal moment. That's kind of how I feel like when I met you. Nah, honestly, it, no seriously, way. even though seriously, Lindsay, because I'm such a fan and I kind of feel like, a, uh, though I never met you, like kind of like a mom because my kids relate to you so oh. much and you're like a part of their vernacular. Oh, that's so cool. And my little daughter, Delilah, wants to be you, you she know, is so cute, Isn't by the she? way, she is she is full of energy. She's oh, going to do whatever boy. she wants in life. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Fearless, as you said. Fearless. She and her sister Blessing both were born without the fear factor. Or if they were, wow. they certainly lost it quickly in their environment in Africa. And so wow. they are just bold. Bold. That's amazing. Bold. Yeah. You can feel it from them, too. Like, they are powerful women. They are going to be, they're powerful girls. They are going to be very powerful women. Yeah. <laughs> God help the person that tries to stand in their way. Exactly. They're going to have the motto, you can either move aside and applaud me or I will run you over. Th- those like are your it. options. I like it. We could all take a page from that book, you know. Well, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> so I've been talking with Lindsay Sterling. How can folks find all these great videos of yours online? Ooh, I love YouTube. So you can go to YouTube and... Look up Lindsay Sterling. All kinds of interesting things. And it's S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G if somebody wants to do that. And I just have to say they have to watch, first off, number one Phantom at least twice. Oh, that's your favorite, huh? That's my favorite. I love that music. I love that music. I love that play. I've seen it like 10 times. So So good. Yeah. Phantom, they have to watch that a couple of times. Les Mis. Mm. Oh, you're a Broadway fan. Yeah, big Broadway fan. I love it. Um. Uh, the electric electric daisy was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah very cute. Mm-hmm. I love the western one. Oh, roundtable. That's my personal favorite. Is roundtable rival? And the guy who plays the guitar, he's one of your band members, right? Actually, he was he was not one of my band members. We we brought on an actor. No, sir. Yeah, we did. Who is he? A beautiful bad guy. <laughs> Durango Black. Well, that was his bad guy name, anyway. Uh, Durango Black. Yeah, you could yeah. you could come and rob my bank with your guitar, Durango. Yeah, that was fun. I love it. That that one was so fun to make. My band was in the. They were some of the extras, like the cop or the sheriff. I mean, the deputy and sheriff in the video. So many fun videos, Lindsay Sterling. Thank you so much, and God bless oh, you. Thank you for having me, and God bless you as well. You're you're amazing. It's been so wonderful to chat with you. I'm wondering what I'm running from. Stay inside and barricade the door.
Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. <laughs> 